Hi everyone, welcome to Living La Vita Loco podcast, a retro gaming podcast for some of your retro gaming needs. My name is Faz. And I'm Rich. Why did I draw that out? <laughs> oh, I dropped a different inflection at the start. I was like, oh, some so of your retro gaming needs. Emphasise how light we are <laughs> <laughs> on that front. A tiny amount of your retro gaming needs. Token amount. <laughs> <laughs> and... So this is one of our free play fortnightly podcasts, which we've not done since the twenty seventh of November, no, and, and but so that's counting. Yeah, no, that is in. So skip the fortnightly. We're we're meant to do this every fortnight, but we've been doing what would I what would we class the specials? I guess over the festive yeah, period and other things, doing whatever the fuck we want. You know yeah. that is in. Yeah, it's fine. That, that's you know, sorry Spotify for giving us this platform, idiots. Yeah. You know. All free. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, this is a free play fortnightly podcast. Uh, so, a, a, an overview of the arbitrary rules we've set ourselves, slash me, forced Rich into, and Rich is complying so mm, far. Grumpily. Yeah, grumpily. Uh, so, we take a game, uh, we keep it secret from each other, and then we play said game, or have played said game in the past, we review it, and then we hope that our partner in crime can give the correct score we've got on our head. Um, which, you know, lo and behold, we've given ourselves a sort of a bit of tension around that because we know in December when it rolls round, <laughs> <laughs> we, we want to be in the good score it's brackets. It's going to get ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the season for <laughs> getting haggard as fuck. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so there is, you know, this little, uh, what is it? Got some... Meet in the game. What's what's the what's the saying? Ooh, it depends I don't know. on the rest of the sentences. <laughs> <laughs> There's some importance tied to how good your review is, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it it matters. Yeah, apparently. Yes. Uh, so the, <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, no, it doesn't. Uh, well, I mean, well, the last one, the last one we did. So you did the micro game gear, and I did Phoenix Wright. And that did matter to your wife, who was living at me. So yeah, she's very unhappy with me. Yeah, still but, is. But did I give the score though, or did you give the score? Oh, I can't remember. Ah. the point is, either way, <laughs> you hadn't played the entirety of the game. Was yeah. her point? Um, because she feels as though mm. there's there's quite a lot mm. that um, clicks into place and and elevates it in the the kind of final um, parts of it. And we'll never know. Well, par- apparently not. Yeah, so. never have to know. Yeah. So. Well, she has offered to come on and do like a kind of uh, her review of various bits of Phoenix Wright. I personally decline the offer. I'll tell you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't just uh, decline. He personally declined. Uh, yeah. Well, as I mean, if you'd usually send a messenger yeah. or something. <laughs> Oh, Faz's telegraph boy is here. Yeah, it's usually just like my Google Meets, just like, you know, like, just like someone will put What's me in a meeting and I'll just decline it and they'll be like, no. Oh, no, like, he's, he no. sent a pigeon instead. Yeah, there'll be no fucking note or anything. I'll be like, ah, I just did that just to piss you off. <laughs> I'm not coming to you. You want me to come get me? Yeah. <laughs> you have to rip me from my desk, you bastard. Uh, so, who wants to go first? We should really decide this for the podcast, but we don't. Because we're shit. Um, uh, you want to do rocks as a paper? Oh yeah. Okay. We, we've done this before. This worked pretty well. <laughs> right. Okay. So we go on. So we go one, one two, two, three, three and, and then, then show. and then show. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. One, two, three.
Oh, <laughs> to draw with scissors. scissors. Oh. <laughs> We're scissoring. One, <laughs> two, three. Hey, oh. scissors cuts paper. So who goes first? Me? Okay. Um, I should go. You should go first. Right, okay, you go first. Um, yeah. Because the... mine is um, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, and a large <laughs> part of it hinges on rocks as a paper. Oh, right, okay, that makes <laughs> sense. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Okay. You fall into my elaborate trap. Um, <laughs> a rock, so... pi- rock piss and paper? Rock, rock, piss, rock, rock, rock pissing on paper? Rock piss paper. Yeah. Um, so, um, this, this kind of stems back to... Um, <laughs> so... Paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different game entirely. I need to, I need to um, work out who wins. <laughs> this goes back to, to Christmas. Um, mm. So we met up with some friends of ours um, and we were chatting and um, one of them had a look through uh, our episode list mm. on Spotify. Uh, hi, Michael. Um, like a menu at a high yeah, value yeah. restaurant. Basically, because um, he said that he hadn't listened yet but was kind of curious to, to know what we'd been talking about. I'll have the red. Um, <laughs> well, he said there's no Master System stuff on here. Oh, and I was okay. like... That is absolutely correct. I should do something about that. Apologies, Michael. Um, so here we are. Um, full disclosure, um, this is the Sega Ages version of Alex okay. Kidd that's on the Switch. Um, so you get the the kind of Master System original, mm-hmm. um, and then you have um, what they refer to as a kind of Ages mode, which has the um, snazzy FM sound from the, the um, FM sound chip you could use on the Master <laughs> System. Um that sounds marginally different. Can we just check in with Michael at this point that he's okay with the, this disclosure that it's, you know, that, like the sound might be a bit more snazzy. Rich might have enjoyed <laughs> yeah. the snazzier by, version. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the, the Ages version has slightly different sound, but it also gives you kind of like an optional rewind and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I think both versions, both the, the original version and the Ages mode, um, let you use save states and stuff like that. Um, there's a little challenge mode on there as well. So there's a couple of the levels okay. that um, uh, it has taken, shrunk them right down, and um, in one case sets you against the clock, um, and in another case, um, I, I think it's actually yeah, I think it's against the clock as well, like Ooh. a time trial for like solving a sort of maze puzzle, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, that that's kind of all there is to it, really. Um, the the original game itself is bastard hard. Okay, <laughs> um, it is one of those ones that like I I cheated my um, fucking guts out to get to the end of it just to see how long the game was in its Ooh. entirety, um, and I came in at about an hour. Um, but it's of that era where you are going to have to work for that hour, yeah. like to to be able to sit there and do it in one sitting. Um, will take you several hours yeah, to okay. get to that point. Yeah. Um, so I am not at that point. <laughs> I am objectively terrible at this game. Um, and at first blush, it kind of looks like um, Super Mario. Um, okay. You know, you're, you're running, you're jumping. Um, you can punch stuff. I was going to say, like, I need... This is one of these games so that I know absolutely fuck all about. Right. That is in. So Alex... Is a kid? So there <laughs> is a as there, there is a plot. I couldn't tell you much about it because I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you basically, I think, have to save your kingdom from this kind of invading uh, uh, evil dude yeah. um, called Janken, which is like a kind of I think it's a Japanese name for rocks as a paper. Um, okay, and 
So I was going to get to this, but, you know, (laughs) you've asked. (laughs) Um, And you'll kind of defeat these bosses on the way who have heads that are shaped like a fist, a scissor kind of symbol um, and uh, a hand. And yeah, it's all fucking freaky. But you play rock, scissor, paper with them. Instant death if you lose. Um, as we all know, as is and, and the after the stand, podcast, international you will, standard rules. Yeah, you will wither away after this podcast. Yep. I've set a timer yep. going. So. Um, occasionally, you might have to do a well. Towards the end, you have to do a boss fight instead. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, the, you basically just go on this grand adventure to rescue princess, save kingdom, etc., etc., so on and so forth. Um, like I say, it, it looks like Mario to start with, um, but. Um, first screens, you're you're moving down, and then okay. you're you're swimming and stuff like that. So you know, straight off the bat, it mm. it feels quite different. Mm. You've got blocks that you can punch out, and it kind of has a puzzle vibe to it, right. where you know certain items will be in certain blocks. Um, certain blocks could just spawn an enemy that will kill you and stuff like that. And this, you'll... this yawn isn't because I'm bored. I it's genuinely fine. just you know... I'm going to keep talking anyway. <laughs> it seemed like the classy thing to do was not draw attention to it, but hey, here we are. I'm not classy. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. So you go through, and it's got these kind of puzzle elements to it, and it can get a bit mazy and and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and um, I think I, I read somewhere that like the the games kind of started out um. As it was meant to be a, a Dragon Ball tie-in, you know oh, the, right. the yeah. manga and the um, anime and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you you look at it through that lens, you can kind of see a lot of the DNA. It sounds, yeah, yeah. Um, that, now you're kind of like, oh, okay, okay yeah. Yeah, I, I could, hear, I could I see that the... uh, <laughs> that character being a, a dinky little Goku back in the day, mm-hmm. and you know some of the items you pick up. Oh, that was meant to be, you know, this, that, the other. Um, so that that side of it was was kind of fun. Um, and you go through, you get. Things like vehicles and stuff like that. You can get like a little motorbike. You can get a little helicopter and and all that. Um, And yeah, it's it's interesting. It's different. It's you know I can see why for for quite a while there before Sonic um, popped up. You know, Alex Kidd was you know the Sega's guy. You know, Um, and I can see why it is similar to but distinct from. Mario, mm. um, and you know the the momentum and the the hit detection stuff like that takes a little bit of getting used to. There's a bit of um, like some tricky jumps and things like that, um, and obviously like the rocks is a paper instant death stuff. I can imagine it would have been so frustrating back in the day, like because that's just so random. Yeah, like <laughs> you, you, I think you can get an item that will help, um, but the rock. Obviously. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I actually made some. I, I made some good progress from just picking rock all the time. Yeah. Um. But like, you, there's an item that will show you what your opponent's thinking and stuff like that. All um, right. Okay. And but there, you've got to be able to buy it, you know, or find it, or you know, there, there's these kind of gotchas that my opponent's thinking. I'm gonna kill you after this. Game. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Scissors. Um. So, like, it, it's the kind of thing where it looks simple but there is actually quite a lot to get in and, and learn mm. um you know where am i going to find this item where am i going to get that amount of money when am i going to you know how am i going to approach this yeah um the vehicle bits that i played um seem to me as though you can um complete them even without the vehicle and stuff like that which is kind of a nice touch they're mm. kind of optional um a couple of times it seemed as though you know the the stage would just loop until you fell out of say your helicopter or something like that and kind of found the goal 
underwater. Oh, this freaks me out when that stuff happens. like that. Uh, you know, all every time. Gets yeah. Me. Um, it's like the but, ghost. It's like I said about the ghost house on a uh, Mario. Where yeah, it's just like, like it's going to keep on looping until you pick up the button. Yeah, but it's that kind <laughs> of like that puzzle side of it coming in again, mm. and it's like there, there's quite a few bits where when you know, you know. Yeah. Until then, you're fucked. Um, <laughs> and like there were um, life. <laughs> there's various bits like that and like mazes that you know you can work out and work your way through but if i wasn't playing in that kind of ages mode where i could rewind it and stuff mm. like that incidentally really fucking helpful for rocks as a paper uh. <laughs> being able to rewind 10 seconds of time yeah. um but it's the sort of thing that you know you've you've got to get in and, and learn um so yeah like it, it's it's bright it's breezy it's you know it's got a music loop that despite the number of times you will hear it doesn't grate too much or anything like that um and yeah like i i enjoyed my time with it um you know it's i don't know if it's the sort of game that you're going to spend you know tens of dozens of hours playing it sounds like Um, a perfect sega ages game yeah did it cost like two quid in the um, switch or is it five or something? Yeah, like I think that? I I think there was a sale on at the time. Yeah. Like I think normally it's about five, but I think I picked it up for it might even have been a little bit less. I think I might have had yeah. some points or something. So I think for I might have paid like one pound fifty for it or yeah. something ridiculous. They're so good, aren't they? Just to kind of get those like I think there's like ten in the collection, I think, on there. Um and that's where you know picked up like Outrun and they've got like the couple mm. of Sonics and stuff, but they're so worth it. I mean it's, yeah. and it sounds well, like this is, you know, I, I worth would... the money as well, like isn't it? A I couple mean, of quid you paid. Yeah, and it, I picked up a few at the same time because they're <clears> they're made by M2 and stuff like that. So like the emulation's yeah. good. I like the extra features that M2 try and put in um, basically anything they're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so off the back of this, I went in and um, picked up um, like Shinobi and Virtue Racing and um, something. Oh, Outrun, Ooh. actually. Um, and um, had a couple floating around anyway. So yeah, yeah like would... would would definitely recommend if you're in the mood for something that's kind of like Mario, but crucially, and I can't emphasize this enough, not Mario. Like it is quite different when you get into it and start playing it properly. Um, Sounds like so, Mario yeah. Rambo Mario. <laughs> uh, maybe not quite, um, but it's a helicopter that did it for me. <laughs> but it's it's definitely got its own distinct vibe. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, I I sort of feel a bit um, a bit daft for sleeping on it as long as I did. Mm. Um, and then off the back of this, I ended up doing a load more research about whether or not I could get like one of the the converter cartridges to play yeah. Master System games on my my clone Mega Drive. And Ooh. turns out I could. I was so, gonna say, can you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it turns out uh, Master System's really cheap to collect for. So oh I, shit, really? Yeah, I yeah. Have thought. Although I have seen them, yeah, floating around on the sort of you know eBay and stuff. It's like you see regularly, you know, C sixty four. And Master System seem to come up in gluts, and yeah, mm. nobody seems to be bidding on them. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like there, there may well be other Master System games in our future, and <laughs> in our past and our future. <laughs> um, and so, how does it look like it performs as a as a eight bit? Is that eight megabits? I think Sorry. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, does it look you know like? And what I'm trying to get to really is that because I'd say that my gaming knowledge builds more from Mega Drive era. Yeah. So going back further than that, I always find that, it, like, especially in, you know, the same sort of system. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, as in the old, like, like you said, you can build your master system into your 
Mega Drive and stuff. Like, as in, I, I always find it really hard to sort of get my head around going from tiny little blocks that don't look like anything. It's like, oh, it's Frogger. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? I don't know what the hell that is. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, in retro game, they're always like, oh, look at this game. You know, it'll be like, back in this game, it was like 1982. And I'm like, you've got like a screenshot of it. It's just random blocks. I'm like, so where does this sit on that kind of scale? Like, as in how, so, how so does it, it look and feel? It's it's nowhere near as abstract as some of the old Atari stuff, if mm. that's what you're getting Probably, at. Probably, yeah. Um, uh, it, yeah, it... It looks great. It's like an NES game, but I would say more colourful. I think the Master System stuff, from what I've played and, and mucked about with, I'm genuinely starting to think that, in general, I prefer the sound of Master System games to like the NES and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. okay. Like, don't get me wrong, the NES stuff is is iconic and classic. I'm not denying that, but I just there's something about the sound of the the kind of default Master System stuff yeah. that really appeals to me mm. um and i've only just kind of discovered that recently that's cool though, um, you could, now you've got you know yeah like, now now yeah. i've got a thing and it, it yeah. kind of weirdly playing this like reawakened one of my earliest gaming memories which was playing paperboy on a master system mm. um and so like it, yeah it, it's colorful it's vibrant it's certainly with m2's you know um spit and polish it's it's clear and it's crisp mm. um it's got that proper, like, you know, sort of Sega Blue sort of skies and stuff mm. like that. That's in there, yeah. like proper Sega Blue. Yeah. Um, and, um, like, <laughs> really, yeah. the copyright in that color. It's I'm pretty like... sure they've already done it. Um, but, like, it, it's, yeah, it's, I, to look at it, I think it's a really pretty game. Mm. I do. Um, and, I kind of want to play it now. Yeah, for, mm. like, for one of a couple of quid. Um, yeah. I would definitely, definitely recommend it. Don't get me wrong; like, I could totally see why people would find it frustrating. I can totally see why people wouldn't necessarily think it's their, their kind of cup of tea. Um, but it, you know, spurred me on to to explore the master system a little bit more. Mm. And already, I've got a little note to myself up at the top here: um, Wonder Boy Three: The Dragon's Trap, which mm. is like a kind of side-scrolling action RPG thing on a fucking master system yeah, that's that, cool. like. It looks great. Mm. Um, and again, like all those sorts of things, like Shinobi, stuff like that, um, it, it's definitely sort of opened my eyes to the kind of the, the value of the system. And mm. as somebody that is has been, and the more I do these podcasts, the more I realize, still am, like a proper fucking Sega boy through and mm. through. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really shocked that I've not kind of delved into the Master System a little bit more. What a sheltered um, life. Yeah, you absolutely. Have led um under those Sega Blue Skies. Yeah. Um so so we'll be doing more digging, <clears> I yeah. think is is fair to say. But yes, like it, it I see why it was um as highly regarded as it was. Mm. Um I see why it, it ended up being like a not just a packing game, like it was baked into the fucking hardware yeah. of the master system later on. Um and all that kind of stuff. I totally see why um and I can see why a lot of people have some very, very fond memories of it. Mm, cool. Uh, so that sounds like a, a really positive review. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, this this feels like one of those games where um, I feel like I'd probably give it a little bit less nowadays, but at the same time, like, you just sound like, oh, you know, like, it would, like, like you said, nice, bright, breezy. And I always feel like 7 out of 10 is like a good score for bright and breezy, but I'm a bit a bit harsh there. Is this almost an 8 out of 10 game? That you because you said it made it sound like it was one of the better games probably on the system, but you've never played many more on the system. So I'm gonna go 
I'm going to go be positive. I'm going to say it's going to be an 8 out of 10, this, right. for me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, which probably a little bit higher maybe than you yeah, had in I, mind. Yeah, I, I would have probably given it a 7. Okay. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I've written it here, but one thought that occurred to me was that I think I would have had a real difficulty working out if I was scoring the Sega Ages package ah. or the game itself. I think if I was playing it on an original Master System, it would have fucked me right off. Yeah. Um, and I think I would have hated it. But as a sort of modern, convenient version of an easy way of dipping your toe into it. Mm. And like that Ages mode is a really effective training mode. Yeah. Because like I did the I tried the sort of challenges um and then did the the ages mode and and failed and learned and failed some more and then went back in and I I was better I was demonstrably getting better at the game so that's um, so that's so yeah. what I was going to say I I would have given the overall package mm. a seven mm-hmm. um an easy seven all um, oh, right okay so then it might be well it doesn't matter now I've said the numbers they're out there <laughs> and we all know what the rules are no we don't but. <laughs> no. Make it up as a And game. you know, for other rules, uh, I was working it out um, towards the end, and um, just because I was like, right, well, I need to work this out and make it, you know, make it sound really cool on the pod. And that is that piss, piss would just be the same as scissors. It just soak through paper. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, if someone threw a rock at you while you were pissing, it would hurt. So you know that all works out. Like rock breaks piss apparatus. And, <laughs> and and no one wants pissy paper, so there we go. Works a treat. Uh, so, um, is there a segue from piss? Um, probably not. Um, I played Gears of War. Nice. I have never played Gears of War before. Uh, Gears of War came out in like two thousand five, I think. Uh, but I played the. Um, remastered or remake the ultimate version from 2015 uh and one thing so this this is a bit of a weird one for me um i wasn't necessarily that interested when gears of war came out i didn't have i I had an xbox 360 for a little while um i and um but i'd never picked it up i remember being around at my friends houses and they were playing it and absolutely hanging off it and I was like, it just, I'd see it over people's shoulders and I thought, oh, that looks like a bit like a, just a grey, generic... <laughs> oh, the great brown era. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely had that feel to it. And I'd, I'd see them playing for a bit and it just looked kind of samey. That is in mm. the sort of... Um, but then when I was looking for something to play, um, I saw it come up on uh, you know, on my, on my Game Pass. I, I promise not all of my games will come through on Game Pass. It's just, it's such a good service. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it came out. I was like, you know, I should really give it a, a try because I have thought that um, when you see it on lists of greatest games ever and stuff, and you think, what gears of gears of what? Like, isn't you know whatever? Like, isn't you know? It's like, and then you see sort of taglines where it's like, oh, it created the third person cover genre. Like, is in cover shooter genre. I'm like, that's not a fucking genre. Like, is in get off your Some high genre. horse. Yeah, no, I'm like, get off your high horse. And I was like, so. I kind of went in very closed mind into this game, yeah. Um, because I was just like, right, okay, it'll just be probably straightforward. Like, and I'll, I, I even thought I probably wouldn't play that much of it. Maybe play a couple of hours and see what it's like, and I might not even review it for the podcast. How little I knew of this game and how <laughs> much it has grown on me over the last week and a half of my life. Um, 
so oh, does it need to be in a lo- lofty height of creating its own genre? Um, looking at what a third-person shooter is or has been since then, um, looking at Ghost Recon um, and games of that ilk, um, I can see why people kind of still point to this and say, "Oh, it's it's that it's one of the best, or if not the best, or the creator of a third-person shooter." It is kind of weird having a third-person shooter without cover in it, like, and I don't know if that's just because Gears of War did it and then everybody did it. Mm. Um, yeah, because and... like whenever I'm playing a third-person thing now, I'm looking for a cover button. <laughs> like, it's just it's instinctive now, and, and I don't and that... have the Gears of War to blame for that. Yeah, I, th- I think very much so, yeah. um, and I, th- I think that um, so when you looked at the, all the reviews of the Gears of War games as well, um, one and two kind of come up as the best, uh, mm. kind of in the series, and. The ultimate version of one regularly became the sort of this is the quintessential Gears of War. You should play this one. Uh, so I was like, right, okay, yeah, no, fuck, it, I'm gonna give it a go. And um, yeah, I, I did. I fall in love with it. With it. With it. I, I fell in to a pile of massive affection with it. Like <laughs> you know, we we fell into lovely teddies, uh, you know, with hearts on them together. Um, yeah, it just uh, what does it do really well? It's kind of basic, very basic in its story, uh, in so much that you kind of have to read around it a little bit to find out about the history of the the, the you know that the, there's two factions of humans that are fighting each other, and then during this war, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, these locust horde come from below the planet and destroy all the humans pretty much until the humans are like right, well we should re- we should nuke our own cities to destroy all the hordes, and then. You think, oh well, you know, like I kind of hate in sort of post-apocalyptic sort of fashion where and this happens in a lot of different types of media where it's like, oh, the whole world ended and we we nuked everything and stuff, but there's actually a shitload of people left, and there's actually you know <laughs> this type, and there's actually loads of the enemy left, and it didn't actually help at all. And I'm like, what was the point? Like, is it like, is it like as a story point? Like, is it, see, it feels like you know a bit stupid that that story point that is like you know always a big mechanism is always like actually didn't change anything, didn't really set up the plot very well at all. Like, is in you know. But we learned a lot about the futility of war yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the gears of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say story wise, it doesn't do a, a lot of heavy lifting. The characters don't either necessarily <laughs> do lift a lot. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, they do. Uh, but like you know, he plays Marcus Marcus Phoenix, and you know you you don't really get a lot of insight into him or his team. Um, you kind of pick up the the foursome maybe about what a quarter of the way into the game. You, you what have you got? Cole, Baird, and Dom, uh, and I feel like from sort of judging from afar before I was playing the game, people were like, oh, you know, like you feel a real bromance and stuff between them. And these characters are really larger than life and stuff. And I was like, even even now at the end of the game, I'm like, I didn't really get a feel for the characters like at all, particularly. Like, it wasn't like I was watching fucking Band of Brothers or something, you know, where I'm like crying at the end. I was a bit like, they're fine. They're okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, is in their serviceable. Like Marcus, like they've got some good one-liners and stuff. But... Even they're a bit like, you know, like, they're not, like, laugh it up, fuzzball, one-liners. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know... It's not quotable. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I can't remember a single thing they've said. Um, but at the same time, like, I am I was happy enough with that, like, because mm. in the end, the gameplay 
of the game really shines through and it almost lends itself to and it lends itself to them not necessarily being front and centre and the story not necessarily being front and centre. I don't really care why I'm being sent different places and stuff. Uh, like, as in, what I really cared about and what came across really strong and really well was, and this is uh, one of those futility of war things, uh, and it's almost like a, a bit of a saving Private Ryan thing, where, or the longest day, you know, that is in, like, that idea of a never-ending feeling of shit going wrong like it's enduring <laughs> war it's like right we got sent on to do this you know like i got broke out of prison and then i ran into these fucking bad guys and then i ran into these bad guys and then this bad thing happened and then this bad thing happened and it's just like and that is such a, a well-worn trope but really good like a really well 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 worn trope yeah. that is in like you know it makes sense that you know you in a war zone, like you're the last bastion, and you know these four guys that are like, right, okay, oh, this helicopter got shot down. You've got to go. You've got to go to that site. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake! But like, you know, fine. Well, you're like, oh yeah, I'm up for this again. Let's go for another <laughs> one. Like, you know, I just I love that vibe, and it just it it just rolls into the next chapter so well. Like, mm-hmm. in, you know, and you can see why the game, you know, like it, you you get immersed in it because you're like. I, oh, I've played an hour. I've played two hours. I've played three hours. Like, when do I get that natural break point? You kind of, you even don't. when you don't, even the chapters ticking over, you don't. Um, and that's not, but that's not a negative. That's a positive. Mm. Um, so you, you find yourself sort of blasting through the game. Um, you know, literally. Uh, in terms of like, you know, it's a, it's a bit difficult. Like in train, the A button does a lot. It does a lot of things. <laughs> you dive. You cover. You climb. You know, it, it can you can get yourself killed quite often um and that can sometimes come with a bit of um sort of you know it it can come at a cost where sometimes the checkpoints can be a little bit lengthy that mm-hmm. is in so you can do quite a lot and, and then press the a button twice by mistake jump over and get your head blown off with a shotgun you're like oh, for fuck's sake like you know like, by a general drone um the, the guns are fine and there's a there's a lot of the sameness in this game. Mm. The enemies are all the same, bar a couple. But generally, as you work your way through the game, you've kind of got a big drone character, and then you've got the captain of the drone character, and then you've got um, they, these little, little feral things that are like lickers from like Resident Evil and stuff. Like you, you kind of just get a lot of them. And, yeah. then, and it's just like moving to the next bit of rubble, and you're like, right, okay, I've got to fight more of these guys. Um and then and the guns are kind of samey. You just get a lot of assault rifles and then a generic shotgun. Um, so the, the main bulk of the game is quite samey. But then they throw in a lot of curveballs just for a few minutes here and there mm-hmm. that you just go, this is fucking brilliant. The Hammer of Dawn. <laughs> the Hammer of Dawn is the so good. Like, <laughs> it's just, I mean, the name is stolen straight from Halo. It's ripped like from Halo's gut. But... Just using that weapon and how, um, whilst you can only use it in certain circumstances when you're stood under the sky, under the sky <laughs> like, in, like they make it um, readily available towards the start of the game in the first chapter. Like is in, so it's almost like, and not just for like certain boss battles. Like is in, you can, you can, you aren't guided to use it for that. And obviously, it's usually like, oh, when you need a hammer of dawn, it's like, oh, there's just one there, mate. You know, like <laughs> you might pick that up. You know, what I mean? but. Um, but there is also around that boss battle sometimes, like where you're just fighting these generic drones or these things flying through the sky, like you know whatever they're called, Nemesis. Like 
you can just shoot them with it and you're like, I feel like a fucking boss and I could probably <laughs> do this for like, you know, like 10 minutes. Like, so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, like emergence holes. So mm. basically the idea that you can, your enemies come up from below the ground and you can throw a grenade in there to close that hole up and make it easier for yourself if you've got a grenade. Um, but then also the fact that they'll come from any angle and stuff and, um, you know, and it's like, what else is a bit of a curveball from the norm? Two enemies, the krill, which are the level that the night level where you've got to go, for, you know, stay out the shadows unless you just die immediately because these yeah, things kill you. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. That's such a good idea. Like, as in, and it's probably been done a thousand times since now. But thinking about it, this, must have been like one of the original times that it was like, you know, stay out the dark because you'll just get your head eaten. And it's like brilliant, you know. And it's such a big horror aspect to this game. Like, mm. it, much more so than I expected when I went into it. Um, it was a bit more dead spacey than you know, yeah. not not horrific weird zombies and things that is in you know freakish animals like scaring the shit out of you but like there there are moments where they create the ambience of you know a bit horrific and you know, like you said you know it takes a bit of time to slow down and, yeah. and breathe yes um, but not terribly often but no it doesn't because like, it like you say about trying to find that kind of natural break and the the pace of it from what i can remember from when i played it it, it doesn't so much um, stop as take that quiet moment to ratchet up the tension <laughs> yeah. um, and then you have that kind of catharsis of being able to go guns blazing mm-hmm. and, and run around again because was it the first one that had like that um, boss fight where you're basically against something that's blind and is like tracking you by scent or sound or something so yeah the berserker that was it yeah, yeah. Uh, playing an action game a third person shooter and then suddenly being thrown into Resident Evil 3. Yeah. (laughs) For two parts of the game where you are trapped with this thing Mm. running towards you. And to get it, you have to lure it to do your bidding by knocking down walls or knocking down structures. To make it do that and jump out of the way in time with your massive hulking Marcus (laughs) is quite a skill and takes a few times to go. And... Um, so it's not that jump scare in the cinema where you're like, oh god, what was that? Like, but that that jump scare where you know it's coming for you, and you're like, oh, <laughs> and jump, and you're like, oh, you're like, and you work yourself up, and you can feel the adrenaline pumping within your body because mm-hmm. you're like, I need to get this just right to get out of the way of this thing. Um, yeah, that what a fantastic couple of set pieces that is when they've got that mm-hmm. in there, um, and when you get to the point where you're like, you you've you've just about load it outside and you feel you get that feeling i've just survived and now i can drop the hammer of dawn your fucking head (laughs) and it feels so cathartic that you're like you know you've just terrorized me for about half an hour when i've just been struggling through this structure to understand how to get through it and you've blasted through this wall behind me and you see you feel the sunshine upon yourself in real life you're like (laughs) you're like and then you're just like i'm gonna stand really still because you can smell me but you can't see me and i'm just gonna get this massive weapon out and fry you to pieces you shit you're like oh that feels great um you know yeah one one of one of gaming's great moments and and that's what Mm. this is what it feels like this game it feels like it's a um out i would say almost a bit of a generic feel and we talked about graphically before you know like the brown sort of grey look yeah, of it yeah. you know like you've got average moments scattered with great gaming moments in there mm. um, 
and I can see why people would then go, "All right, okay, well, actually, this is this is one of the, the great games, and and I absolutely love it." Um, but it, I feel like people are remembering the great moments. Um, but there is a, a a lot of I don't want to say dross. I don't think I think that'd be really harsh. But there's a lot of moments where you're kind of just chugging through, yeah, um, drones, and I, I think that's it's almost like oh we're, we're we're ramping up the difficulty here. But actually, they don't ramp the difficulty up. It mm. just is more of the same stuff. And you're yeah. like, you know, you feel like they probably could have done a bit of a better sort of job. Um, well, you know, I want to give it credit as well for one thing that um, I just remember there is like the reloading mechanism of oh, yeah. landing yeah. that correctly as well. Mm. Like, that is something that, you know, gives you a bit of focus during a fight, like, is in mm. because it really does make a difference that between life and death that is in, you know, when you are kind of going, you know, going through your sort of clips and you, you, you get to a point where you're like, I really need to reload quite quickly here. And then you hit, you miss it. You're like, fuck. And, you know, and you're like, oh man. And Marcus reacts in that way. You're like, yeah, no. And now I'm going to die. Now I will die. Um, but yeah, just, um, so I, I, I feel like lots of different things about this game. Um, lots, lots of positive, but also some stuff where I'm like, you, you can kind of see where I think, um, you know, I feel like other games could probably propel themselves to, to be better than what this is. But then I also yeah. see a lot of, if you go to, and I, I looked it up after this, if you go to best third person shooter games, this kind of still tops the list or is in the top three every single time. Mm. So has anything done it better? It doesn't sound like a lot of things have. Mm. Um, so I feel weird about this game. I felt compelled to play it. Um, and before we finish and, and you give it a score, one thing I do want to put in its favour as well is uh, settings. So there's some really beautiful set pieces in this game, um, especially on the remastered Ultimate Edition. Um, the mine, the emulsion mine, the glow from that colour when you're kind of like fighting down there, that's really cool. Um, and like the... I guess Phoenix Mansion as well, where you're kind of going through the old mansion. It feels like a bit of a maze and everything's covered in sort of vines and stuff and crumbling. Um, yeah, really some very good settings hmm. um, that I was very impressed with. More impressed than I expected to be at the start as well. So, And I'd probably say that about this game as a whole. I, I was more impressed than I expected to be at the start. Nice. nice. There we are. That's, yeah. that's my Gears of War experience. <laughs> War has been geared. Um, <laughs> It's it's one of those ones that I always wonder if um, you know history is going to be kind to it, but like ultimately there are some design decisions from the time that you know are just the sorts of things that you would perhaps do differently nowadays that are going to hobble it a little bit. Mm. You know, Um, full disclosure, like I um, I absolutely friggin' loved it back Mm. in the day, like but not necessarily Gears of War one. Like I was definitely more of two and three. And weirdly, by the time you get to three, I was kind of more invested in the characters than I thought I would have been. Mm. Um, to the extent that in my little collection of um, figurines over there, Marcus is one of the few with a dubious honour to actually is. be in there. Yep. Um, so, like... The biggest of all. He's but... the biggest, yeah, weirdly. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're not... I mean, he's a tef- hefty lad, though. I was going to say, they're not technically um, human, are they? Terran or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but Again, like, story just doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think as well, like the talking of the weaponry and stuff like you know the the um, 
the chainsaw under the rifle, you know, the Lancer and all that kind of mm. stuff, like it's is pointed at as, oh, well, that's iconic and stuff like that. Basically, for me, a large part of how I got into it was kind of twofold. And that was, A, Marcus's voice actor is Bender from Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> um, and once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, okay. And uh, B, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, I mean, I used to do a, a lot of Warhammer, and this is the greatest Warhammer forty thousand game that yeah. never existed, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think there's a lot to be said for that, and just the kind of the the meaty, chunky feel of mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. Um, is, is not something that comes around terribly often, and yeah. it sort of makes it distinct. Um, so, from from what you've said, because um, I I didn't play that like. Any of the remasters, I mean, like a, ultimate far, type version or I anything like that. As far as I'm aware, that um, the only one that's been remade. I right. think probably just because it's, you know, that it is iconic and and, um, you know, it's the original and stuff, and it was probably far enough back to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because when when I played the first one, like, I, whenever I think back, it's the Berserker, and it's the Krill, like, mm. and and then the rest of it, I. I really struggle to point at, but I can yeah. re- vividly recall bits from two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting to to hear about the sort of extra spit and polish that it's had. Um, it, it feels kind of, it feels like an eight mm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might be reluctant to give it a nine, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable with an eight. I okay. think. Yeah. I, and I think that, um, when I look when I look around uh, again, when I looked around at reviews and stuff, like you would see this effusive praise for the game, or and a lot of it I think is probably like say nostalgia based because when you look at the original reviews, they're all like eight out of ten, like isn't they're all yeah. like around that. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, like when when I first started, it weird enough, and this is, uh, and I think I said I said to you, you know, like is obviously without revealing what the game was. I said the game that I play this week feels like a grower, like if it, it felt mm. like. Um, and, I, you know, when I first went into it and the, even playing the first sort of hour or so, I was a bit like, it feels a bit bland and generic. And then you get the Berserker, the Hammer of Dawn, the Krill, that you get that sort of, you know, three or four gaming moments where you're like, ah, oh, this, this, this kicks ass. That is, in, you know, the, at this exact moment. Um, and, and I get that, you know, like you say, and I'm not trying to do a Phoenix right where I'm like trying to bow out and not do the whole experience and stuff. But you think about it, this is one whole game that is in, you know, and, I'm aware that there is a two, a three, a four, and a five. You know what I mean? It's like mm. I, I get that, um, but you know, I, I do. I, I think that everything, every single thing, should be held as an entity as itself, as it was almost yeah. in a way. Like, is in it? Whilst this is a remastered version, it's like you know how much, how well did it round out that story? How well did it round out everything it was doing? Um, you know, and yeah, I, I'm happy with that score. I, I would have been in and around that, but I, I probably moved from like a six in the first couple mm. of hours to like almost like flexing to like a nine like you know and, and to come back down to like a seven slash eight probably maybe eight slash nine actually probably is about right so i'm glad it's come across that way i i, I know that i had a few moments there where i was like oh this is negative and this is bland and this is but actually i i it, it wasn't meant to be that way it's just almost like you know i, I do you, you think about these iconic games that are held up so high and actually is it is it a hundred percent amazing all the time, you know? And is any game? <laughs> but I think as well for like, for my part, you know, for say three having a good 
payoff and stuff like that. It didn't change much of the bones yeah. <laughs> from from one, but it did tweak some of the aspects of it, like you know character beats or, or pacing and, and stuff like that. And so I think it's completely valid to to look at it and go, well, perhaps there were elements of it that were a little bit weaker um, that didn't necessarily get completely ironed out later on, but yeah. are the sorts of things that, you know, later on they can spend a bit more time on characters and, and you know, things like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, cool. cool. Um, thanks for listening to that, guys. You know, I don't think yeah. we've got anything else to say at the end of that. because No, you're just... free to go. Yeah, was... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we just patter around at the end and go this and that. But it's just like, you know, it sounds like, you know, two two good games and almost like, for for me personally, and you know, for you, um, you know, it's your first dip into the master system. Um, you know, that is not the first, but like, you know, I guess of the best game, you know, one of the best games on it. And and for me to go back and play a game that felt like everyone's played and I've never played, like isn't you know, like mm-hmm. it is it's nice to do that. So, um, and that's what the, the pod's all about, really. So, yeah, yeah no, cool. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you again soon. Cheers.